to another episode of Daily Feasting on the Words of Christ, helping disciples of Jesus Christ to engage with the Book of Mormon on a more deeper and personal level, just sharing my own insights from the my own insights from the Book of Mormon and hopefully that I'll help y'all as in your personal studies and maybe add a little bit more of a spiritual boost throughout your day to just ponder upon uh, the words of Christ in this powerful book of scripture. So today we're in pages 205 to 210, and I, I've had some thoughts. It, it took me a bit to ponder this section today to think about, you know, how, how does this apply to me? What can I gain from it? Um, but sometimes it's the digging that's more important than the finding the taking the time to really think about these scriptures and looking for those little nuggets of truth that can really help us during our days um so here it kind of left off with king ben uh, not king benjamin sorry king Mosiah talking to his people about how Maybe it's not such a great idea to have kings anymore. That maybe we can kind of change how we run the affairs of our government. Kind of switch it up a bit. And he goes into detail about how it's really hard to dethrone a wicked king. And all of the king will do to keep his power. And then even though it is helpful to have a righteous king, he goes into detail about how hard it is for the king himself and all the responsibilities he has to do and to go through for the people and uh, and not to mention they had the people had just read the records of the Jaredites which if you're familiar with the records of the Jaredites it's all about kings fighting each other and also they just heard from the people of Limhi about Limhi's father, King Noah, and everything that happened to him and his people because of his iniquities and all, and what that led the people to do. And, and so by the end of King Mosiah's proclamation, the people are ready to relinquish their desires for a king and they want to set up judges instead that will judge them according to the law. And every man is responsible for his own choices and his own actions. And they're excited to take on that responsibility for their choices and for their actions. That's something that they want. Right? It, knowing that you yourself are responsible for how your life is run and no one else can dictate that for you. You are not beholden to your circumstances or to anyone else. You have control. You can make choices. And you will receive the consequences of your choices more so than receiving the consequences of somebody else's choices like it would in a kingdom, per se. And they're really excited. They're, they want to take responsibility for their choices. They don't want to be victims to somebody else and someone else's desires. They they want to make their own way through life. They they want their life to be according to 
where they want to go, whether that's closer to God or away from God, and they get to decide that. You know, I've been thinking about that a little bit lately, about the power that comes with taking responsibility for our own actions. You know, and that can be a heavy weight to bear to think about, especially if we're making choices that we aren't necessarily proud of, you know? Taking the responsibility means owning those poor choices. And that that's that's hard to own those choices and to say, yeah, I did that. That's something I'm not proud of, but I did that. To stand there and to accept it as it is. But um, it's also freeing because now you can, knowing that you have the responsibility and the power to make your own choices, and if you don't like the current ones you have, you can change that. You can change your choices and choose to do something different. Life will be whatever you decide it to be. That's why we have agency. God wants us to choose the kind of life we want, whether it be with him or not. And he knows that we will be happiest, we will be most free if we make our own choices, especially if we choose choices that lead us closer to him. Because the closer we get to God, the more free we become. Because then we are no longer in bondage or captivity to the devil. Like it talks about in 2 Nephi chapter 2. Like some choices that we make will lead us to bondage and to captivity. But then we can own that and say, you know what, I can make different choices. And start walking towards liberty and freedom. And the Lord wants to help us with that. King Mosiah says in verse 20 of chapter 29, But behold, he did deliver them because they did humble themselves before him. And because they cried mightily unto him, he did deliver them out of bondage. And thus doth the Lord work with his power in all cases among the children of men, extending the arm of mercy towards them that put their trust in him. This is a powerful verse. First part says, He did deliver them because they did humble themselves before them. So first off, they were humble. They recognized that they of themselves could not free themselves. And when he's saying they, he's talking about the people of Limhi. And he's talking about I think not only their physical bondage, but also their spiritual bondage. And that's one that we can all fall trapped to is the bondage of sin. You know, we may not be physically captive, but spiritually we are captive to the devil because of choices and bad habits. And so the first thing they did was they humbled themselves. They recognized that they of themselves can like they made those choices and they brought themselves to that place and that they could not get themselves out of it and no matter what they did they could not free themselves they did not have power enough to escape 
And because they recognized that they needed God and that they couldn't free themselves, God delivered them. Right? Because they cried mightily unto him that they did him unto him he did deliver them out of bondage. So then also they prayed. In their humility, they prayed and they asked God for his help in their lives. They were humble and honest with him. They said, Lord, I got myself into this position and I know I can't get myself out. I'm going to need help and I need your help. See, that's key number two. So first we need to recognize that we cannot free ourselves. We need help in order to free ourselves from bondage. This is not something we can do alone and was never meant to be something we could do alone. Never was it ever intended that the Lord expect us to free ourselves. You know, in a few episodes, I've mentioned this phrase that I learned from the Eternal Warrior podcast from when they had a guest on named Eliza. And she learned from her mother who said, repentance is plan A. Right, that reliance on God and on Jesus Christ and his power is plan A. Plan A was that we ask for help because we cannot do this on our own. So we need to recognize we can't do this on our own and ask for help through prayer. Praying to the Lord and asking him for deliverance from our spiritual bondage. For these people, physical bondage. Or maybe it's deliverance from a trial or an affliction or something. You know, whatever it is, we can humble ourselves and ask for help. And then he says, And thus doth the Lord work with his power in all cases among the children of men. All cases. Meaning, there's no exception. You can never be an exception. You are not more powerful than God is. And you can, you've not done anything that's beyond his reach or ability. There's, he is all powerful. The atonement covered everyone, right? Jesus Christ overcame the sins of all people, of all people all things. And so we don't have to do it alone. Right? So we, we are not exceptions. All of us are weak. All of us need help and that's okay. There is absolutely no shame in recognizing that we all need help. None whatsoever. Why? Because That was never the plan. The plan was never to do it on our own. And God doesn't want us to feel shame. He brought us here so we could feel joy. I've been reading in this book called Armed with Righteousness by Stephen A. Kramer. And it's really good. I think I mentioned it yesterday's in yesterday's episode. And please, I highly suggest you read that book. It is absolutely incredible. It has helped me deepen my understanding. And now as I read the Book of Mormon, I can add those things in here as I'm reading and and see those different things at play. Right? And, And in the book, I learned that shame comes from only one place. And that place isn't from God. Because shame is not loving. 
Shame is destructive. If you're feeling shame, then that's from the devil. There is nothing to be ashamed about in asking for help and recognizing that we are weak and cannot do this on our own. No, there's no shame whatsoever. And then the last bit of the verse, extending the arm of mercy towards them that put their trust in him. This is the formula, right? This, you know, God has made covenants with the house of Israel, right? That's the lens we've been looking at as we've been studying the Book of Mormon. And those promises are when we keep the commandments and keep the covenants, God will prosper and protect us and lead us to a land of promise. He'll fight our battles. He'll give us power. We'll overcome evil and sin and wickedness. Right? But we've also learned that every time someone sincerely repents, he'll forgive them. And if they put their trust in him, he'll extend the arm of mercy towards them. Right? Repentance is plan A. God knew that we wouldn't be able to do this on our own and there would be times that we would fall. But as long as we trust God and keep moving forward, like we get up and we just keep moving forward, then God will extend us mercy. Not might, but will. Why does God do this? Because he wants to. God is so powerful that if he does something, it's because he wants to, not because he has to. But I don't think God lives in a world of I have to, I must to, I need to, I should to. He doesn't live in that kind of world. He lives in the, I either want to or I don't want to. And it's as simple as that. So anything that God does, he wants to do it. No exceptions. He wants to do it. So if he is extending the arms of mercy towards you, as long as you put your faith in him, right? Regardless of how many times you've messed up so far, it's because he wants to. He wants to extend you mercy and his love and his grace. He wants to help you. It's not because he has to. It's because he wants to. You know, and... I think that is a very powerful verse, at least for me, in recognizing that I need help every single day. I need help to conquer Satan and his temptations in my life, to make sure that I don't fall into spiritual bondage. I need help because I mess up all the time. I There are so many things that are going on in my life that I just, I can't keep track of them all. And sometimes I don't even know what's more important to do. And sometimes I get so confused because there's so many, like I either am feeling a lot of voices or, or feeling a lot of emotions or whatever, you know, things can get confusing in my brain. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. And this, this verse is powerful to me because it says, you know, just humble yourself before the Lord. Go to him in prayer and cry mightily and tell him what's going on. You know, I can go to God and say, like, I am so confused. And I probably have confused myself. You know, 
I don't know if I'm hearing you or not. I need your help. And because I'm trying, because I trust him, because I'm going to do all I can to keep the commandments, he's going to be merciful to me. He's going to come to me and say, Alma, it's okay. I've got you. Everything's going to be all right. You don't have to worry. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to be your light. It's going to be, just, just trust me, hold on to me and everything will be okay. And we'll figure this out together. You know how, how powerful that is. To know that, you know, that God does not shame us. He wants us to be honest with him completely and wholeheartedly. He wants us to come to him with our troubles and our trials and our struggles and to ask for his help. And he knows that it's going to be hard for us, that we're going to fall sometimes. And he's totally willing to be like, it's all right, here, let me help you dust you off. It's okay. He understands. Jesus Christ understands how hard the road is. Because he's been there. He has walked the road before. Because he performed the atonement. He knows exactly what you're going through. And that he feels no shame. And you don't have to feel shame. And he doesn't want you to feel shame because he completely understands. And all he wants to do is help you. There's no judgment. There's only grace and mercy and love. Then we get into... Alma chapter 1. This, in this chapter, we hear about Gideon's death by the hand of Nehor. Um, but before he dies, it's, it's another one of those Antichrist stories. This is like more priestcraft, but it is Antichrist because it's false doctrine, right? Nehor is talking about how he thinks that all mankind will be saved at the last day, that they need not fear and tremble, but that they may lift up their heads and rejoice, for their Lord had created all men and had also redeemed all men, and in the end, all men should have eternal life. Now, that kind of sounds like truth, Right? The Lord has created all men. And the Lord has told us to lift up our heads and rejoice and to not fear and to tremble. So, right? And he's redeemed us all and we all can have eternal life, right? So, how is that wrong? Ah, but see, the devil is subtle. The devil is very subtle. The reason why this 
is not completely true is the word all men should have eternal life. That's not accurate. All men should not have eternal life. All men can have eternal life if they keep the commandments of God, right? They've got it. There is a pathway. They've got to keep the commandments and they've got to make covenants. They got to have faith. They got to repent and they got to be humble. They got to pray and they got to serve their uh, eternal life is not just going to come just because God created us. That's, that's what Nehor. That's what Nehor is preaching, and that's not accurate. Eternal life is not going to come to us just because we were created. Eternal life is going to come to us if we make choices that will lead us to eternal life. Right? The devil is very subtle in his lies because he gives us just enough truth to make the lie believable. However... And if you're feeling a little bit scared at this point because you're like, well, if the devil's that if the devil's that good at deceiving us, then how on earth am I going to know when he's going to pull the wool over my eyes? And how can I fight that? Well, we have an example of someone who withstood his words because though many were deceived, there were some that were not. And that's Gideon. Right? Nehor met a man who belonged to the church of God, yea, even one of the teachers, and began to contend with him sharply that he might lead away the people of the church. But the man withstood him, admonishing him with the words of God. This is how we can defeat Satan's lies in our lives. This, this is part of our spiritual armor. This is also coming from the book Armed with Righteousness by Stephen A. Kramer because it talks about how we can use scriptures or the word of God as a weapon in our lives to discern and dispel the servants of Satan and their lies and, and be able to walk in the path of righteousness. Right? The word of God is what will help us to not be deceived. And we can see that with Gideon. He knew the scriptures in his heart and also in his mind. Both are required. Gideon had not only the scriptures internalized into his very being and lived by them, but he knew them so well that he could admonish Nehor. This wasn't a man who just read the scriptures every day. This was a man who studied the scriptures every day and made it a part of him. Scriptures and the word of God can be part of our armor against the Satan and his servants. We can withstand Satan's attacks and we can dispel his lies in our lives if we lay hold and hold fast to the word of God, studying the scriptures and internalizing them. Now in the book, Armed with Righteousness, it gives you some methods on how you can do that and also some scriptures to look at that you can start with. So I 
I won't say anything here about how you can about that. I just will recommend you to the book. Get it, read it because it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It it's so cool. That that book is so cool and I I highly recommend you do that. But here we learn that we can not like we won't be deceived if we hold fast to the scriptures. Now, yes, Gideon met a very untimely end, a very sad end, um, by Nehor's choices, but however, Gideon was not deceived. And so if you're one of those people who's really worried about whatever scripture says that even the very elect will be deceived, like me, (laughs) if you're one of those people who's is constantly concerned about that sort of stuff, then this will help you. Study the scriptures in such a way that you have internalized them and you can use them to dispel the, the lies in your life and you will not be one of the elect that will be deceived. Well, Nehor is punished for his crimes. However, this does not stop cre priestcrafts in the land. Their hearts are not set upon Christ and they are set upon other things. And they start persecuting the people who are of the church. And it was a great trial to those that did stand fast in the faith. And it wasn't easy. It was a great trial. It's hard when people are mocking you, right? Remember Lehi's dream? How there were people mocking and pointing fingers from the great and spacious floating building at those who were eating the fruit. It's, it's not easy. But those who paid attention to those people fell away. But those who were steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of God, they bore with patience the persecution which was heaped upon them. Those who focused on the tree and not the building did not fall away. And these people, they began to prosper. They began to be rich and have an abundance of all things. And luckily, these people stayed humble about it. They didn't set their hearts upon riches. Their heart was still upon the tree and upon Jesus Christ. And they imparted of their substance to everyone in need. If someone was hungry, they freely gave. If someone was naked, they freely gave. If someone was thirsty, they freely gave. If someone was sick, they freely gave. They freely gave of their things. And, And it says, And thus they did prosper and become far more wealthy, than those who did not belong to their church. But these people weren't seeking for riches. They were seeking the kingdom of God. And yet, because they were following God, God blessed them so much that they were more prosperous than those that did not believe in God. And the same can be for us when we focus on keeping the commandments. 
When we focus on following God, we can become prosperous in our lives. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. It may take time. It may not come right away. Or at all, maybe. I don't know. But the Lord has said, if you keep my commandments, you will prosper. He's keeping his end of the bargain because his covenant people are keeping theirs. And so he is freely blessing them. And so if we keep the commandments, then God will be able to freely bless us. So if you've learned anything from this episode or any other insights you've gained from your personal study of the Book of Mormon, write them down, record them in some way that you'll remember them and act upon the promptings that you receive. Right? Don't just let them sit there and gather dust. Actually do something about it today. You know, Exercise your spiritual muscles by listening and acting upon the promptings you receive. And share this podcast with anyone in it everyone right if you feel like someone can benefit from it then please share it don't be afraid to share this i want as many people to hear this as as possible in hopes that it may help somebody and i just think it'd be cool to hear from y'all and what experiences and insights you've been getting you can send me an email at the daily bomb at yahoo.com daily uh, bomb being spelled B-O-M as in Book of Mormon or you can just write a post on the Facebook page daily feasting on the words of Christ would love to hear your insights if you've got any questions same thing and I hope you know that God loves you and that you can feel of God's love today you know I, I know that God loves each one of us and he wants to hear from us if you're willing to hear from him. And so I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll talk to y'all later. Mm-hmm.